now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. That's from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. We are small-minded, most of us anyway. There are still some wonderful few who are naturally very optimistic and big thinkers. And unfortunately, our consumeristic view of church means that we often filter into Christian settings where we feel most comfortable. Meaning, all the optimistic and inspiring people end up over there, and all the serious, focused people end up over there. I'm, I'm generalizing, of course, but I'm sure you know what it's like. Churches can attract people of a certain personality type. Yes, I'm getting a little top, off topic here, so let's head towards the point with a little bit more pointedness. Unless we are naturally optimistic, blue-sky thinkers, we may need to work at thinking bigger. We tend to think on the scales that we normally work in, like if you're a teacher, you're thinking class size. If you're a machine operator, you're thinking in millions of cubic meters of material. If you're a CEO of a multinational, you're thinking in terms of international markets. We Christians serve a God who not only made the entirety of the universe, but sustains it on a moment-by-moment basis. On top of that, he is saving the world from dire straits by working in history across the scope of time. The scale God is working on is bigger than we can fathom. Isaiah 55 verse 9 says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. He's on a whole nother level. He, he doesn't tell you every play he's running. He doesn't clue us in on each plan or strategy. He doesn't uh, do those things, but he has revealed to us the big picture of his plan to reclaim the nations. He has called us to take part. God has given us some pretty specific mission objectives. And because he's running the operation, we can get stuck into it with everything we've got. God's covering our rear while we get into the thick of it, powered by his Holy Spirit. Like many of us, I need to be reminded not to fall into a defensive mindset. I naturally find myself keeping my head down and decorating a foxhole. It's comfortable there. It doesn't take much imagination or effort to just twiddle my thumbs and stay out of trouble. With this kind of attitude, though, we pull away from the mission. We don't want to make waves. We don't want to offend anybody. We're like cricketers who won't take their bats out onto the field because some of the hits won't score runs. And in case that metaphor isn't clear enough, you've got to be in it to win it. Risk it to get the biscuit. Not every swing will score runs, but to get anything on the board, you need to be out there swinging. The world is drumming into us that Christ is irrelevant, churches are shrinking, Christian ethics are unhealthy and abusive, and other such nonsense. It's enemy propaganda. Look beneath the messaging and you will find a lost world crying out for a saviour. We can see the enormity of the task. It's overwhelming. There are so many souls that need saving. There's not enough of us. 
We don't have the physical resources. We don't have the time. But we do have a God who is more than enough of all of everything. He has all of those resources. And the, he has the intention to accomplish his mission. We have a God for whom the challenges that we face are insignificant. We have a God who invites us to ask for anything in Christ's name. We have a God who is ripening a harvest for us to bring in. Our society is withering, in large part because it is increasingly abandoning Christ as the central part of what holds it all together. Their outlook can look hopeless to us because we see the trajectory. We think that we don't have the opportunity or the power to restore the core. And that may be true today, but does it need to be true tomorrow? Christ has sent us on a mission to disciple the nations, Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. He's given us the tools to do the job, Ephesians 6, 10 to 20. He's given us the resources to do it, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 19. And he's told us to call on him to make stuff happen, John 14, 12 to 14. There is a cliche saying that goes something like, you can accomplish less in a day than you think you can, and more in a year than you think you can. It may not all change tomorrow, but remember, Rome was a pagan empire until it wasn't. Europe was a pagan mess until the gospel arrived. The church was deceived until reformation. You were outside God's kingdom until he brought you in. We have had Christian societies before and God willing, we will have them again. God is in the business of rescuing people. God is in the business of changing people and our town, state and nation are not beyond his power. But if I could guess, I would reckon that you likely do not have a very positive outlook for your town or your community. The winds of culture are very cold right now. Perhaps you're ready to batten down the hatches and recede from all the nonsense. Like a doomsday prepper, you're ready to go underground and only return to the surface once all the havoc dies down. But is there an alternative? I'm suggesting there is. And I'm suggesting that with God's help, it may even be within our grasp. If God can do more than we can ask or imagine, why don't we imagine some pretty big things and ask him for that? If God powerfully works within us for his own glory, why don't we ask him to do that in particular ways? Then, once we've asked him for it, take up the tools he's given us in the places he's providentially placed us and get to work on the mission. Time is the thing that may trouble us. The change may not happen overnight, but it may be that laboring in this field will bring in a massive harvest before you realize it. God can change everything in an instant, but ordinarily he uses ordinary means over time to accomplish his plans. I'm thinking of some pretty big gospel dreams right now, and I'm going to ask God for them. Would you join me in asking the Lord for these things and then abundantly more?